Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. I did my first vision meeting last year, and it was about just, just over a year ago. So we're here again, and we've seen some eventful things. And do you know what? I always laugh at people who, who kind of, or chuckle at people who do visions, and they kind of come, and they just keep looking at the charts. And I've got my charts, and I've got what I believe that God wants us to do as a church. But do you know what? You can look at charts forever and a day. And you can say you're going to do this and say you're going to do that. But the proof's in the pudding, and you've got to just put some uh, some legs on the ideas, okay? And I really believe that we've been doing that Um I don't know if you know our four core vision strategy. We might have that on screen uh, right now, if we could be ready with that. Just so you understand what, simply what our four core vision is. So we look at to seek the lost. We look at to seek the lost, to school people, to serve people, and support people. This is all on our website. If you're thinking, I've got to try and remember this. If you go onto our website and look on the vision page, you'll see that there's some interest, interesting information about what we believe in. I'm not going to get into detail of charts. I showed a lot of charts last year. But I wanted to just show this just to remind you of what we are as a church. A key thing for me is to seek people. When we seek people, we go out and seek the lost and bring them in. And we're doing that through evangelism in ways that we have never, ever embarked upon in this church before. Uh, we're doing that in a new scale. And God has shown us some great results. We've seen people, if you're saying sometimes, well, I don't see the result. I know that there are people coming to this church now as a result of sometimes, particularly for me, who I've seen, people who I've met outside co-op at half past ten on an evening who are on their way home and I've prophesied over them outside co-op, spoke into their lives and then months later have shown up in church and now part of this church. And that wouldn't have happened if we wouldn't have gone to them. Okay? So a key part of this church is for us to seek the lost and that is going to continue. It's going to be something that not only are we going to do just by street evangelism on a Tuesday night, but I wanted to see it to get into the heart of people in a kingdom culture, okay? You know people like Rob, every time I meet on Tuesday night, he's forever sending me text messages because it's become culture to him. It's not about a Tuesday night once a month. And that's what we see. It's about culture. So that's a real strong, I would say a very strong element. But if you're going to evangelize to people, you're going to bring people in, you have to school them. Okay, so one of the things that if you didn't know we've been running or uh, Jean-Louis has been running is Christianity Explored. It's a, it's like an alpha course. We like to run these. We will try and run these all the way through the year if we can. Now we need different teachers to do that and there's certain people are lined up. But Jean-Louis has been doing that. There's been about seven or eight people I think at one occasion. Uh, the numbers fluctuated. But we've been coming to that. And we need to make sure that's the simple elementary truths that we're teaching about the Christian faith. There's no point going and bringing people in if you bring them in and then they come in and they hear things that are the kind of uh, some strong, deep stuff and they don't understand about Jesus. 
So we have to make sure these put, these things are put into place. So that's why we have Christianity Explored. So schooling people, also the introductory of the Bible studies. We want to, I want to see in the future maybe with schooling people is inviting certain people in who I know from Mattersea Bible College coming and teaching us some stuff as well. So I want to, I want to get focus on that angle as well, not just bringing people in. Okay. I also believe in a serving. We should be a serving church, learning how to serve. The youth, they said a minute ago, not only are they going to be running a service up here, but they're going to be learnt, teaching each other how to go and serve in different areas. It's just as important to make a cup of coffee downstairs as it is to preach. Some of you may not agree, but I think it's exactly the same. It's part of the kingdom of God. It's part of the body. So it's just important that the people see this. And it's just important to pick the hoover up as well as preach as well. Okay? So to serve as well. And to serve other people outside of the church. Serving people outside of the four walls of the church. Not just seeking in evangelism, but serving people outside the four walls. And finally, is to support people as well. I'm rattling through these because I've got a lot I want to say. But to support people as well. One thing that's kind of has not hit off in, in the success that we wanted to see. And it's simply because uh, there's one of the, the, the people we've been working with has been ill recently. But also um, some of the teams that who signed up to this is kind of uh, dwindled. The, the numbers have dwindled. But Fit for a King is another area that we want to really push. And that is run by Bev McPherson. Is Bev in today? Bev's not here. So Bev runs uh, Fit for a King. That is an area where we want to be able to support people in the community who can't support themselves. I.e., for example, people who might need help in their homes to do decorating, gardening, things that, practical things that just get on top of people and they probably haven't got the strength or means to do it. Fit for a King is, the reason behind that is that we send teams to go and do it for them for no cost and just simply to show uh, the servant heart of Jesus into different people's lives, whether they're Christian or not, and whether or not they ever come to church. Now, if you're interested in that, you can uh, you can get in touch with Bev. The best thing probably to do is come and see me uh, to start with today. But that's just another angle. It's not hit off as well as we wanted it to last year. Simply as I said, some of the numbers who signed up no longer attend. Uh, well, if if we're going to do this, we've got to be... If we if you're going to put your name down, then please be committed uh, as to say, I want to do this and get behind Bev and say, Bev, please tell me when I can do a project. Just so you know, with that, the idea is we work with a, a charity called Beesom, and that's in Cambridge. And be, the Beesom charity, the idea is that they, they, they know a lot of the projects already where we can help. So we can contact... Uh, the, the people who run Beesom and say, listen, we have a team who are ready to help. Please give us a project. And then they can give her the project and then Bev can make sure that the team attends to that. Um, it's probably worth, Linda and Wiley, if you just stand up as well, because you're part of Beesom uh, as voluntary, aren't you? Uh, if everyone just wants to see, I just want them to see Linda and Wiley. Linda and Wiley serve voluntary each week working for Beesom, as well as many other things they're involved in. I would encourage you, actually, while they're just stood, go and chat to them sometime. Find out about what these guys are involved in, because I'll tell you what, you will be surprised. You will be very surprised. Not only are they involved in Beeson, but they do a lot of work uh, with the homeless and people who need help. And I want to encourage you, if you want to find out what they do, go and have a coffee with them. 
Don't just walk past these people. Go and have a coffee with them because these do a great work. Amen. Thank you, guys. I'm just running through there just a few things of what the core vision is. But today I just want to bring the word of God. My time's running out. But I'm still going to preach. If you're okay with that. Is everyone alright with that? The title of my message this morning is, which is in line with what I want to say where I feel we're at, is body building. Body building. I want you to turn in your Bibles, but it will come on screen to Romans 12. Romans chapter 12. Verse 3, starting in verse 3. Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 3. Paul speaking, he says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us as one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, through many, form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. Did you hear that? It belongs to all of the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And verse 9, love must be sincere. Paul talks here about a key thing, about love. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patience, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And share with the Lord's people who are in need. And finally, practice hospitality. Practice hospitality. I believe that Paul, in this bit of scripture, gives us a real indication of what the church should be like as a body. Okay? I said to you last week, I said that the church... I see it. I said, a lot of people look to me and say, it's your church, Phil, maybe, and we're just all listening to what you want us to do. No, it's your church. You are the body. In fact, Paul said this. He said, all the members belong to, to, to each other. Without one, it can't function properly. Okay? So when I said a minute ago that someone working on the coffee machine, someone working downstairs on the entrance, it's just as vital that they're there. Now, I know that you all probably think, well, I've heard this before. I've heard about this kind of thing. I want to talk this morning about the body, but I could easily talk to you about saying, let's do some more exciting things in 2015. Do this, do that. Let, you know, we've been talking about some exciting things that we've said. Let's do this and that, and let's push the boundaries even further. Now, that's a great thing to do, and sometimes visionary people want to do that. They want to push the boundaries and say, let's do this and that. But do you know what? I felt the Lord say this to me about where we're at. 
I felt that in 2014, we have been pushing the boundaries already. And I believe that we've been stretching ourselves to the limit almost. And by doing that, we've created new space. We're creating new things. And I'm not saying that we're not going to do anything new in 2015. I believe God will lead us into new things, and he always does. Visions change throughout the year. They don't just You don't just mark it out today and then say, well, we can't do anything new because we said it on the 8th of March. But we have to be also careful of what we do so we don't exhaust ourselves in the process. Okay? I believe in 2015 we need to build the backbone and the muscle of some of the things we've already put into place. Rather than saying, oh look, we've done this and now we're going to move on and do new things. And we start to forget about the things we've already done and put into place. Isaiah 54 verse 2 says this. It's a very famous verse. I shared it with our operations team. It says, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your sticks. Now, we've seen that. Lots of people have it on the fridges. Lots of people have it highlighted in their Bible. Lots of people who talk about vision and enlarging the churches and seeing things get bigger look at this verse. And a lot of people focus on the fact of stretching the tents wide and getting bigger and bigger and saying we want bigger places. But do you know what I want to focus on today is not the stretching and not the enlarging because I believe we're already doing some of that. But I believe that the key for what God wants to say to us as a church this year is to focus on the strengthening of the stakes. Okay? If you put a tent up and you put out the guide ropes and you put the pegs in, if you don't drive your pegs in deep, you can have a big tent. You can have something great, but when the wind comes, it will whip it out of the ground if the sticks are not in deep enough. Okay? So things can look good on the outside, but that's not what we're about, trying to make ourselves look impressive by size. I'd rather have a stronger church than a weak church that looks big. Okay? So I want to say to you today, you might disagree, but we're all about expansion. But I believe if you're not careful, if you try to expand above and beyond what you're trying to do and you weaken yourselves in the process because you never drove the stakes in strong enough, then when the wind comes, it will be flattened quite quickly. So I believe it's important that, as Isaiah said in Isaiah 54, that we need to strengthen the stakes. That, for me, is a key thing. If you're going to leave here today, is know that the vision for this year is that we've got to strengthen the stakes. Strengthen the stakes of what we've already put into place. So you probably said to yourself, how can we strengthen them? How can we strengthen the stakes? Number one today, I've put this. There is strength in numbers. Okay? There is strength in numbers. That's a saying. But there is strength, surely, in numbers. The church body is made up of many parts. If the church was all about one or two people, a few leaders, then we ain't going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. The church today is all about you. It's about each individual who plays their part. He says, Paul says, look, the body, a human body has lots of members. The hands, the feet, the fingers, all these different things, the eye and all these different things. Without one, if one's missing, then you feel it. 
He talks about the gifts then. He says, some of you can prophesy. Some of you can do this, this and this. Some people today might be thinking, well, I can't do certain things that Phil keeps talking about. Well, we're going to work through that. And hopefully in the future, you might be able to do certain things and push yourself. In, and part of the enlarging of the tent is stretching. Okay? When you stretch people, it hurts. Okay? When I've been, I've, some of the things I'm doing today, I'm stretched. But I like being stretched. If you're not stretched, well, what's the point? Stretch yourselves. Get ready for hurting. Yesterday I went out. Emma allowed me after doing a bit of clearing in the garden. I said, can I go for a bike ride? The sun's out. I just love cycling, you see. And, you know, there's a few pounds I need to shift from Christmas. And so I said, can I go on the bikes? I said, I'm going to go out on, on a ride on my, on my bike. And I did about 22 miles. Boy, am I feeling it today. You're wondering how I'm stood up here. I'm wondering myself. Boy, could I feel it. Muscles that I haven't been touching for a, uh, since last year, I can feel it. And when you do things and you stretch yourself, it hurts. Okay. But know this, if you keep doing it, it doesn't hurt after a bit. You get used to it. So you've got to keep doing these things. But there is strength in numbers. Let's just read it again. Paul said in Romans 12, verse 4 to 5, he said, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, through the many, form one body. We form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. Do you know that when someone's missing here, we might not always be in touch with you, but we, we, we see it. And that's not saying we see if someone's missing at a meeting because they didn't come. It's about people just not being around. You are part of King's Church. And I want you to know that we, we do spot these things and we miss you being here because it, it's all part of the functioning. You might say, well, I don't, I'm not in any upfront role. I'm not on the stage. If you're an encourager to someone else, then you're just as key as someone on the stage. If you can encourage someone, you are just as key for me. That's my view. We have different gifts, said Paul, according to the grace given to each of us. I want you to remember that. That we need to stick together. That sounds a bit cliched. But I believe moving forward, this church to strengthen its sticks has to have strength in number. And that's not about saying let's just get more people in. That's about us realizing that we're all part of one body and each part of the body brings strength. It's not about one person. It's not about me. It's about everyone else. Someone quoted this once. They said, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. I believe in that. If we want to go far, we need to go together. If you want to have a fast ride and the wind comes and whips out the stakes quick, go alone. But if you want to go far and we want to be looking at in years ahead, saying, you remember that time when we only had so much in the bank account in 2014? Look at what God is doing among us now in our city and in these towns around us. Then we've got to go far. If you focus on what you want alone, I put here, you lose focus of the vision. We need to be part of the vision of the church. If that's not for you, if you're saying the vision's not me, not me I'm not into evangelism, then I'd encourage you, I've got no problem in saying go and find a church somewhere else then. Find a church where, I always say this, that you can be rooted and fruitful for the kingdom of God. People come to me and they say, um, I'm wondering where to go. I say, you go where you can be fruitful. 
I don't say, come here, go where you be fruitful. If this is the place for you and you can be fruitful here, then do it. But go where you can be fruitful because my heart is that one day we're all going to stand before God and he's going to, we're going to have to give an account for what we do. That's the most important thing. It's our prior, it should be our priority to build each other up. When we see that all, each of us belong to each other, if you see someone in the church struggling, then you need to try and help them. Ecclesiastes, Solomon writes this in uh, Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 12. He says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity the one who falls and has no one to help them up. Solomon, in all his wisdom, gives us this little nugget. He says, two are better than one. Or in other words, all of us together are better than just one person. Okay? In the operations team meeting recently, I shared with the people about principles of using an example of geese. If you didn't know this, I'm just going to give you a a very simple fact. But when a goose flaps its wings, it creates uplift for those behind it. Most geese, when they fly, they fly in a V formation, okay? And it says this, that when geese fly, the one in front creates an uplift for the ones behind. Okay, He says if one geese, this is fact, if one geese drops out of the V formation and doesn't join the rest of them and thinks I'm going to go alone or it's a bit weak, it says this, that the, the, the whole of the geese will, it, it will, it says by, by flying in the V formation, it will create 71% extra flying range. 71% by flying together. He says if one of them would fall out of that V formation, it will instantly feel the drag and resistance of the air. Now what happens is this, geese do this. One of the geese will drop down if it sees another one fall, come down and try and create uplift again with its wings to get it back into the V formation. Okay? So it's important, simple principle, and I shared it with the team, because moving forward, that is key. Remember that today, that just like we're all like geese, if we're flying in a V formation, we're all on fire for God, if one of us is weak and falls out of that V formation, if one of us thinks that we're, it's not for us and we drop, you're going to feel the drag if you're still in this church trying to go through the vision. But we need to observe and see people in our family and say, I can see that you're weak. I'm going to try and encourage you because you are part of the body all joined together. Okay? Hebrews 10, verse 24 to 25. Paul says this, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. There you have it again. I really believe, and it's not trying to tell people you've got to come to meetings. You know me, church is not about meetings, but it's still good to be together. Some people said to me, I'm not sure we need to go to church. I can be a Christian and sit home and watch God TV. I'd question that. I'd question a lot of things. I'm not going to go any further. But I believe that meeting together, Paul says, some of you giving up meeting together. Some of us start to think we can go alone. We start to think that we don't need to meet up. Oh, I can go on the Sunday and get my fix. I don't need to be part of the body. I'm just going to get do what I'm doing. But I'm telling you now, do you know what's happening? And you don't realize it. You feel the drag. You join the body 
And you will have 71% more extra flying range. There's facts there in the geese. If you think you're like a geese, I think I'm like a goose, sorry, not geese. Do you know it also says this about the facts of geese? It says that if when they drop, and if anyone's weak, it says this. We, I talked to the, the team about this and everyone was laughing. I said, they honk each other. They make a noise. They honk to get the other ones to encourage them. Paul says here in Hebrews, he says, encourage each other. We need to start honking one another, okay? Now, people will think we're charismatically mad. But we need to start honking. It's true. You need to start saying, if you see someone weak, start to say, I'm going to spend some time trying to encourage them. And it's not about me. It's about others. Because it's strength in numbers. Time's running out. Number two, I believe that strength is in love. Strength is in love. Love should be the primary bonding agent I've put to keep numbers together. That's what I've wrote. Love should be the primary bonding agent to keep numbers together. If we're going to talk about numbers, some people love numbers and figures and sizes of churches, I'll tell you. But do you know what? For me, it's, this is the key. It's not about how many people we can have in the books. The key is this. Strength in love. Love being the bonding agent so that the numbers that come together are very, very, very strong. Very strong. They're not just weak and superficially look good, but they're strong in love. I believe that the characteristic of this church, King's Church, since I've ever been here, has been a church that has been a loving church. You might say sometimes, well, I felt a little bit hurt by someone. Well, I'm sorry about that, but remember, we're people. If you want to say, well, I've been hurt, well, I've been hurt too. (laughs) We could talk about that all day. But I also believe that we're a church of love. People have come to me and said, when I come in here, I felt God's love. And I never want that to change over size. I want people to come in and say, I'm loved when I come home. Or I'm coming and whatever position I'm in in life, they love me. There should be strength in love. We read earlier in Romans 12, 9, Paul said this, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. But he said, verse 10, be devoted to one another in love. We talk about devoted evening, couples evening. I'll tell you, we need to be devoted to one another. Okay? Devoted to one another. Some people probably think today, I thought he was going to tell us about what we're going to do in the future. And what we're going to be doing in 2015, we are doing some great things, but these are key. This is foundational stuff. If this is not right, then any plan will not work. No vision will work. I'm not bringing fancy visions without getting this thing solidified and good and strong. Strength in love. Devoted means feeling or displaying strong affection or attachment. That's how we need to be about our brothers and sisters in Christ. Not, oh, there they are, I'll just give them a wave and see them next week. Oh, I don't know if I want to talk to that person. I'll just give them a little wave and I'm on my way. No, we need to be devoted to one another. Okay? Devoted to each other. Looking at 1 Corinthians 13. Paul speaks about love, a very famous verse, always used in weddings. 
It's always interesting when it's used in weddings that it's talking about spiritual gifts as well, but you never hear that bit. First Corinthians 13, Paul speaks about love. He says, if I speak in the tongues of men or angels, but I don't have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship, you know, working on the, on the king's fit for a king. If I do all these things, giving to the poor, doing all these nice things to please God. If I don't have love, I gain nothing. We read it earlier that Paul said in Romans 12, we love needs to be sincere. If you think that your love can, many people can look like they love people, I'll tell you. But sincerity is seen through God. He will see in someone's heart sincerity. If you can fool someone in the church that you're sincere, well, well done you. But the person you need to impress is God. The person we all need to start impressing is God because he is the litmus test. He will test your heart in milliseconds less than that. He will know whether something is sincere. So our love, the bonding agent that keeps the body together and strengthened, needs to be sincere. I believe that if we try to do it on our own without the love that's a bonding agent. Sometimes people, it sounds like a a wishy-washy thing just to talk about God's love, but it is primary. God, you know, is love. He's not just power. You see, we talk a lot about God's power. We talk about miracles, healing, and all these kind of things. And it's amazing, isn't it? In this last, over this last year, never mind the church and what we've been seeing God do. For me, for some of the things I've seen with my eyes over this last year, I am staggered. And I just think, Lord, if 2015 is going to be anything like last year, wow, I'd just like to see what I saw last year again. But the key is this. God is not about power. It's not just about power. He says God is love. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. God is love. Now, if God's love, you share his message of love with the people. He says when you share the message of the gospel, the truth about his love for people, accompanying that, you will see his power. If you try to display his power first, Sometimes we have to pray for the sick first to attract their attention. And that's just the way it goes. But what I'm saying is the primary is love. It's actually more important love than the miracles. The greatest miracle is that someone can be saved, changed in their heart. I mean, if I look at my own life, I think how on earth could God have done what he did for me? That's a greater miracle than any leg growing or any limb growing or anything that I've seen God do. However, the primary is love. So that is what I want it, I want it to be key moving forward to strengthen us in love. I want you to go away and read some of these scriptures on love. Read some of the things that Paul teaches to try and strengthen yourselves up in this area. Number three, I've put to, for strength in respect. Strength in respect for each other. Okay? Romans 12 verse 10, after he's just said that in verse 9 about love and being sincere, he says, honor one another above yourselves. You see, a lot of us don't like these scriptures. It's just talking about doing things for other people and being things for others. A lot of us want to know what it feels like for God to just bless us. 
I'll tell you, God will bless you abundantly if you put these things in practice. So we need to, I really believe, it's not just about loving each other, but it's about honouring each other as well and respecting each other. Respecting gifts, respecting abilities, respecting people's talents, praising them. If you want to honk someone, honk them. Tell them that they're good. Rah, rah them on. Tell them how well they're doing. Do you know what? If I never have told you before in the past how well you've done on something, if you've done something for me, then I'm sorry. But I try my utmost to constantly tell people how, how pleased I am of what they do. And sometimes I don't always get that opportunity. But I am I am a great believer in encouraging people and honouring and respecting people for what they do. Because there are certain people in this church do things that I can't do. And better than me. So I want to tell you today that if you want to start moving forward and you want to strengthen the body, then you've got to start respecting other people. We've got to have a sense of respect in this place. I'm telling you this, not saying that we don't have it. I'm telling you we need to strengthen it. Strengthen what's already there. Romans 14, 19, Paul teaches to build each other up. He says, let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. In other words, edifying, building up each other. We need to be building in one another, not pulling one another down. So many of us are good. We can, in one one word, we can pull someone down. But if you want to see the body strengthened, we need to build each other up in mutual edification. We should avoid speaking against our brothers and sisters. We're family. This should be a family. And, you know, we're not always perfect. We get things wrong. It's not about coming in saying we're trying to create some perfect place of people with, with, with halos above their head who are, never get anything wrong. That's impossible to achieve. But we need to be try to be like Christ all the time. Changing and renewing our mind. Always doing what the world would choose to do. Different to what the world chooses to do. You see, you get a bunch of people like the size of what's in this room today. In the world. And give it a few months and you'll have some real problems if Christ is not in it. I'm telling you. You ask yourself today. Look around you. Say, would I be sat next to the certain people I'm with today if it wasn't for Jesus? No, you wouldn't. I was doing certain things in my life. I wasn't in ministry. I was doing certain things in my life. I, you're all laughing thinking, yeah. But probably someone's laughing about you as well. <laughs> but it's true. We wouldn't be sat in this room. We're all different people from different areas around the world. And we brought together and we're only unified by Christ. Christ has brought you together. If sometimes you don't get on with your brother and sister, if sometimes in this place you think, I don't know if I fit in here, let me tell you some big news. You will never ever find a church where you'll fit in. If you think you will, you're wrong. You're totally wrong. You will never find a perfect church. It's impossible. Because we're all got our problems. Each one of us bug each other sometimes. And if people try to hide from that fact to say, no, we're brothers and sisters in Christ, we love each other, then you're lying. Each one of us bug each other sometimes. I've got things that I probably do that you might, that I might bug you with. But because we're people. We're a fallen people. But Jesus loves us. And it's his grace. 
You know, Jesus would have a word with us, wouldn't he, about a few things or two. He'd say, well, I don't like this in you, but that's why we said earlier today we need to die to self to, to, to let Jesus be seen more of him. I say these things in jest, and I, but it's true. I can say it because I know that I bug people. I do. There's certain things, and sometimes I think, why did I do that? I shouldn't have said that. That could have hurt them. So I'm not perfect. If I'm not perfect, then you're not. But that's why we need to learn, not let the enemy use these things, because the enemy will say, ah, if you're Christians, you should all be getting on well together. You shouldn't be like this. So then you start to think, this is not a good place for me. I don't like being here, so I'm going to try and find perfection. And the enemy loves people who try to look for perfection, because he knows they'll never find it. Okay? James 3. Verse 9 says Tim, about Tim in the tongue. He says, with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father and with it we curse human beings who've been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? James says that. He says, this should not be. There it is. It shouldn't be that we use the same mouth that we sing and worship God with and we sound amazing when we're getting all our altars and our, and everything sounds beautiful and we're praising God and then the next minute we're putting our brother and sister down behind their backs. The same mouth, Jim says, use this, he says, he says a simple instruction, says this should not be. I don't need to preach it, read his words. This shouldn't be happening. But again, the enemy wants to do these things. I'm saying these things because this is what we need to expose the enemy and say, right, let's build. Let's get stronger. Let's strong, strengthen the stakes in this area. See, some people, sometimes they come and they say, I'm going to tell you something. I, this, I don't mean this to hurt you. In other words, they're saying, this is going to really hurt. I'd like, I just want to have a chat to you. I know that I really mean good for you and I really want to tell you this in brotherly love and sisterly love. But, and, I, and by, by no means do I want to offend or hurt you. And you're just thinking, stood there, well, this is going to kill me. Go on. Take your blow. We're all good at it. We just need to stop it. Stop being like this and start being more Christ-like. Think about building one another up. So that when you leave here today, if your objective is to come to church sometimes to get something, give something. Leave here thinking, do you know what? I'm so blessed because I've built one of my brothers and sisters up who I don't normally do it for. I want people to come in this place and them to come and say, this is a place where I can taste and see that the Lord's good. And if they see bickering, if they see backstabbing, if they see all these kind of antics between us, and I'm not putting the church down, I'm saying, this is what I expose, I want to expose the enemy to say, this is what we're not. We're not going to be this. But I want people to come in and say, do you know what? Through King's Church, I see sincere love, respect, and I love it. And I'm going back there because that must, if, if that's what Christ's like, then I want, I want to know Jesus. Okay? Finally, number four, strength in generosity. Strength in generosity. Wow. How can he speak about generosity when he's been telling us that the figures are so good and that we've got people of giving is so great. How can I ask for people to be more generous? Do you know what? I'm going to talk to you now about generosity that's nothing to do with what comes into that pot. 
Do you know sometimes I love, I, I believe in giving and I believe in all tithes and, and doing all these kind of things and bringing the money into the storehouse where you're fed. And if I ever go on too much about it, I'm sorry if I ever mention that, but I don't, I try not to, okay? But sometimes I'm not said to me, you forgot to the offering. I don't, I don't think it's not primary to me. I always believe God brings in what he needs to bring in. I know he will. I've got no problems with that. However, I want to speak today about generosity in a different way. Paul said this in Romans 12, 13. He said, share with the Lord's people. This is after he's talked about love and, and honor and all these different things. He says this, share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. Okay? We've, a, we have, we've got a saying in our home. We tell the kids when they're being naughty or they won't share the sweets. We say, caring is sharing. <laughs> and the boys look at us gone out and still eat their sweets to themselves. But we say, no, you know, you, you need to care for each other. You need to share with each other and give things to each other. Doesn't always work out that well. But I want to tell you today that I want to, I, I, I believe moving forward to strengthen our sticks in this area. I'm going to put a challenge out to people today. I'm not bringing anyone forward to pray for anyone at the end. But I'm setting a challenge for the church. I believe that we need to start thinking about how can we not be generous in giving into the pot necessarily, into the tithes and offerings. That's a separate issue. But start being generous to one another. Okay? Start giving to each other. So many of us are so bent on saying, well, I want to just give to the church. I want to give to, that's great. And I want you to continue doing that. But do you know what? I really want to encourage this. I want to encourage us as a body to start to give and bless each other randomly when you don't expect it. And I'm not asking you to give me anything. In fact, eliminate me out of the picture. Do it for yourselves. I don't want to do it for my benefit. I want to do it for all our benefit as a church. For people to start receiving and being blessed and knowing what it is to be blessed by someone. Do you know what? What this will do. The enemy hates it when we do this. Do you know what? Years ago when I was a young lad, I, I used to remember that the, the Muslim community, they used to talk about a thing called, and they still do brotherhood and, and people sticking together. And I'd see that uh, certain people in the in, in the Muslim community when I was a young lad, they used to be driving around in cars. And I'm thinking, how did he get that? And they used to say, well, he's, the father gives them because it's all in, they're all a family. They just give to each other. And do you know what? Over the years, I've seen that in the Muslim community. And do you know, sometimes I think we need to learn a thing or two from people like them. Because we're not good at doing that. We're not good at doing, we, we just wanna, we, we want it for ourselves. We, we think the Christian life's about just us. But we need to start thinking about blessing others in our community and in the church. I wanna read you this in Acts 2 verse 42 to 45. It describes, I love this, I, I, I love this scripture because it describes the church for me. The early church. He says, verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. There you have it already. They were devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, getting together, teaching, listening to the word of God, breaking bread and getting together for prayer meetings. They were doing all these things. Then it says, verse 43, 
This is what you should be looking at in a church, if you want a good church. Everyone was filled with awe. Since when was the last time you went to church and you were in awe of what God's doing? You need to be in awe. That's why I always say, the things that you hear in this building, it's just simple. We're going back to the roots. We should be a church in awe at the many wonders and signs. Wonder, you say, what a, what's a wonder? It's wonder, how did it ever happen? It's impossibility. That can't happen. That's what was in the early church. It's not, this is not something new. We're going back to the root. He says that they were meeting together, prayer meetings, doing all these things, but they were in awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Verse 44, it says this, all the believers were together, the body together, realizing the strength together, and had everything in common. But finally, verse 45, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. That sounds like a brilliant church, doesn't it? That does sound like a perfect church. You go there, you have a good prayer meeting, you're in awe and wonder, it's some amazing miracles, and by the way, you might someone might give you a gift when you're there as well. That, to me, says it all. I don't need to put up some slides about what a vision should be. That is it. Go back to what they were seeing, and they were in awe and wonder. But I want to tell you, looking at that scripture, he says that everyone was filled with the awe at the many wonders and signs performed in verse 43, that is. Verse 43, it says that they were filled with awe at the signs and wonders. They were having an amazing time looking at the miracles of God. But remember this, it never stopped them in verse 45 in giving. So many of us can stop at verse 43 and we're there writing the miraculous, enjoying the signs and wonders. We never get to verse 45 about the giving. And being generous to the body who are experiencing these things. So I want to encourage you today. This is what I want to say in this bit. If you, you can be stuck in verse 43, loving the signs and wonders in awe, but you cannot be bothered to get into verse 45. But I believe verse 45 strengthens the body. I want us to experiment in this particular. We can be, try to be more loving. We can do these things. But I want us to experiment some random acts of kindness amongst one another. I want to, you're saying, well, how can I do this? I haven't got the money to do it. I can't do this. Do you know what? I want to, I want to just suggest some things to you today, what you can do to do this. Start to even think, and including, this is including me, we need to challenge ourselves, stretching ourselves. But one of the things we need to do, if you want to come back, Sam, one of the things we need to do is to think about who is there in the church who I've never talked to before? Who do I not talk to? I'm going to start chatting to that person. I'm going to bond a relationship. I'm going to stretch myself. It might be painful to have conversations, to do this. But do you know what? I'm going to invite them over for a meal. I'm going to invite someone over. I'm going to stop getting into the clicky groups and trying to get into the groups that always suit me. But I'm going to stretch out my comfort zone. We're not talking about going onto the streets and, and preaching to the lost now. So you can't say to me, oh no, he's going on about that and pushing me out of my comfort zone. No, I'm asking you to cook a meal. I'm asking you to do something that you have never thought of doing. Picking someone in the church who you would not normally pick. And if you don't want to cook them a meal, then think, do you know what? I'm going to pray and ask God, what is it that God wants me to bless that person with? Whether it's a gift or financially. And I'm going to do it. And sometimes you might even do it without putting your name on it. 
It's not about us trying to get, um, you know, the person, we, we get all big because of what we've been doing. Let's start thinking about doing this without putting any identification or name on what we're doing. And you will see, I guarantee you, in 2015, you will see this body strengthened like never before. The enemy won't be able to flinch when he comes near it. But if we don't do this, I'm telling you now, do you know what will happen? When the enemy comes, we'll scatter. We'll scatter because we won't be able to handle it. The body's not strong enough. But if we put these things in practice, we'll strengthen it so strong that the sticks will be so strong in, the enemy won't have a chance. I want to say this one last thing. I believe that sometimes that if we're not careful, if we stick our, if we stick in verse 43 where in signs and wonders and awe of all the miracles, which is fantastic and it's part of the church, if we stay there, I believe that we can end up trying to build an army But I believe God wants us to build an army and a family. Okay? There's been a lot of talk recently about as God's raising an army. He is. He's raising an army of people who are into signs and wonders and seeing the miraculous. But I'll tell you, in the same vein, we need to see a family raised. When family and army are mixed together, you ain't seen nothing. But if you've only got one and not the other, then you're weak. Amen? Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.